to know God's love, it is also important to understand the opposite offer. You see, God set eternity in the heart of man. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose, if you will, in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out or comprehend or grasp what God has done with his overall plan from the beginning to the end. Ecclesiastes 3.11 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul writes, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Well, last time we changed it up a bit from the previous 29 episodes of repentance and judgment to God's love and our relationship with him. And as I mentioned last time, that definition of God is, he is love, period. His love, I feel, is the best found and understood in our relationship with him. With that said, I would submit to you that in order to understand that relationship with him, we must be aware of another relationship that is pursuing us and distracting us, which ultimately will steal, kill, and destroy us. Look what Paul writes in Galatians 5.17. For the sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the Spirit, are in direct opposition to each other in continually in conflict, so that you, as believers, do not always do whatever good things you want to do. One of the things I love most about the Lord is that He has given us everything we need to get from A to Z. And that, simply put, is His Word and promises. I find it so amazing that the example God uses for us to understand his love is the fall of the wisest and richest man who ever lived or ever will live, with that being King Solomon in his life. I shared this last week, this quote from Mike Bickle in the last episode, and he does a great job with his teaching about Solomon's writings in Ecclesiastes, 
and the Song of Solomon. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes teaches us, Mike says, that no matter how great our accomplishments are in man's eyes, they will not ultimately have any value if they are not pleasing to God. Basically, when Ecclesiastes is understood, it awakens us to a fervency that begins the journey in the SOS, or Song of Solomon. Thus, Ecclesiastes prepares us to understand the Song of Solomon. You see, my listeners, our accomplishments and our sufferings are but for a millisecond compared to eternity. In the very second verse of Ecclesiastes, it sets the stage for the whole outline of life, as in the world's trap. You see, the trap was set in the garden by, yes, the one and only Satan himself. And Adam and Eve fell in it. Ecclesiastes 1-2, verse 2, says the preacher, Vanity of vanities, all that is done without God's guidance is vanity. It's futile, meaningless, a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes and merely chasing the wind. Folks, vanity basically is conceit or absurdity, if you will, along with frustration and pointlessness. It's all nonsense, as explained throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. I like the understanding of wisdom. Check this out. Wisdom is to see the end as well as the beginning. It's pretty good, I think. So there's only one answer and one way of escape from this trap, and that is faithful obedience to God's love. He is the beginning and the end. You may say escape. Escape from what? Basically, from self. You see, there are only two ways to walk. The first one is to remain in the world of vanity, or secondly, is to avoid the world and escape the trap, which is baited with worldly accomplishments, which leads to ignoring the alternative of God's love. Some would say, but God loves everyone, Neil. And you're right, because he came and endured the cross at Calvary to redeem you and me from the hell we deserve. But there is a price to pay to follow him. That price is to die to self, take up your cross, and follow him. That's the path of escape. The Bible says we are in the world, but not of the world. He has provided the way of escape. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
You see, Solomon went through it all. As in the beginning, a king with all the accolades of wisdom, women, money, control, and power. He had it all that the world could offer, and now he calls it vanity. Remember that third temptation that the devil offered up to Jesus in the wilderness? He, the devil, told Jesus that he would give him everything in the world if he, Jesus, would bow down to him, the devil. Well, Solomon (laughs) bowed down. Solomon went for the offer. Wow. He went for it. You might or could say he had a goat's appetite. Little joke there. You see, we're back to those two roads again that we can travel on. One road is broad, broad and wide. The world's road. And that leads to destruction. And most people travel on it. But the gate path that leads to life is narrow. It's narrow, and only a few find it. Just imagine the biggest interstate highway ever. Maybe a thousand lanes of one-way traffic, bumper to bumper, white-knuckled hands on the steering wheels with wrinkled eyebrows and the gritting and gnashing of teeth, upset at the pace of the flow. I personally see this every day as I drive. But be sure of this, though. There is no flashing arrow sign pointing toward the narrow gate. Matthew seven thirteen and 14 says that few find that gate. That means that you must search and seek for it. While you are searching, you may fall flat on your face in the process of finding it. But the reward is, is everlasting life. The Bible says what Prophet hath a man of all his labors in Ecclesiastes one three. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? The preacher is saying this is general proof of the vanity of all things. Since there is no profit that arises to a man for all his labor. All things a man enjoys, he gets by labor. For man, through sin, is doomed and born unto it. Job uh, chapter 5 verse 7 says, Yet a, a man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. Well, We are learning about the trap that the devil is presiding over in this world. And the only alternative, my friends, or way out of this is through Jesus Christ. He made a way where there was no way. 
Now, Solomon teaches us about this trap. And this teaching is the understanding understanding needed to pursue the relationship of love God wants for us. Now, here's a question. What is it about What is it about the world, I should say, that seduces mankind? And do you understand or recognize the consequences and its evil? Well, folks, that's it for today. It's been a good one, and I'm excited to be able to share these scriptures with you. And I'd love to hear from you at Fill the Lamp. All one word, fill the lamp at yahoo.com. I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just lift up every listener here today. I pray right now that they would see the trap, and the trap is baited. Baited with worldly success, ambitions, and accomplishments. Father God, I just pray that they would find that gate. Lord Jesus, I just pray that they would seek you with all their hearts. There's needs for everything, but you provide the need. Lord, I just give this this whole time up for you, to you, and I just pray for these listeners, whatever they might be going through, that as they hear your word, as they hear the gospel, they would develop a hunger and a thirst. Father God, I just pray this prayer in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Well, until next time, I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>